Hello, and welcome to the We Talk Structures podcast. Here's your host, Mike Tilly Gatch, with today's episode on digital engineering in buildings and infrastructure with Samir. Samir is the director of Smart Build Engineering based in South Yarra, Melbourne, which he founded in November 2017. He is a South African expat residing in Melbourne for the past five years. He is a project manager and a registered civil and structural engineer in the states of Victoria, NSW and QLD. He has three qualifications from South Africa, a national diploma, graduate diploma and BTEC degree, which passed cum laude. He also obtained a master's degree in civil engineering from Swinburne Uni in 2018. He has 23 years of experience in civil engineering, of which seven and a half years was in port engineering, five years was in materials handling, ten and a half years in building design, including doing third-party independent structural certifications for buildings, retention systems, and facades. Smart Build Engineering is also the authorized reseller of Sophistix FEA and BIM product lines in the ANZ region. Sophistic is a German-based software development company of which Smart Build Engineering has been a partner for four years. In this time, he has driven Smart Build Engineering to specifically focus on digital engineering and computational design in structural engineering to promote an open BIM approach in the delivery of buildings and infrastructure projects. Hello, structure lovers. Hi, Samir. So, Samir, can you please explain us what is digital engineering? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me onto your platform and inviting me. It's quite a privilege and a pleasure. Just to answer your first question, I think this is an important topic as well. And before I go on to actually define in my own terms what it is, I just want to talk about the industry and the existing workflows that's used and uh, just highlight where we see that being a problem. Currently, it's... I would say it's it's fragmented. It's a, it's a very siloed ecosystem comprising of uh, the client bodies, architects, engineers, and, and, and this directly affects the productivity of the delivery of the project. And the documentation in terms of what goes to the contractor is predominantly in, in 2D, and that ex- automatically excludes any form of, of visualization. Lack of fidelity of information, and that gets transferred between the different stakeholders of a project, and that really is an issue. And currently, the, the process of the transfer of information is very linear. So it starts off, uh, in the case of a building, from architects to engineers, and then to a contractor, and lastly to a client for handover. And this linear uh, process is very restricted with a reduction in, in collaboration. And there's certainly a, a lack of urgency to adopt uh, new innovations and new technologies to address and certainly policies in for procurement for both public and private sector is very limited or virtually non-existent. So that's really the very broad current state. And not really in Australia, but globally, this is an issue. Back to the question of what is digital engineering, there's not really a common or a formal agreed definition of what digital, digital engineering is and what it's supposed to encompass. And the reason for that is it is so broad. And the potential usage of it in the um, in the construction sector is is so weird. Generally speaking, if I have to define it in my own terms, it will be uh, an adoption of an approach to the project delivery, which encompasses a more smarter way, a more integrated, a more holistic, and a collaborative way to adopt for the eco industry and eco. 
them for architecture, engineering, construction and operations. And this, I mean, is from concept design of a project right to construction. And finally, for the facilities management for the asset life cycle that involves all of the major stakeholders. That includes client bodies, consultants, contractors the use of data-rich centric models. And this could be used for, for brown build and greenfield projects, building projects and infrastructure projects alike. Building information modeling, or BIM for short, is really the key enabler for that, for digital engineering. Uh, and what it does is enables the 3D modeling, the documentation, analysis, and design. So when I talk about analysis and design, it's not only structural analysis and design, it could be mechanical, depending on the discipline that you're involved in. So this is just very broad speaking throughout the different disciplines. Certainly vendors such as Sophistic in Germany play a, a key part in providing the software products to support the open BIM process in both in civil and structural engineering. The onset of COVID, it really changed the dynamics of, of working remotely. And the benefit of, of DE can certainly be leveraged here with, with distributed computing and staff working in remote locations. Not rem- uh, not necessarily remote locations, but it could be across the world as well. So this coming specifically to Brownwood projects, how digital engineering can be used. It's certainly for capturing assets in 3D. This could either be using drone technology or LIDAR scanners to convert this digitally captured information to models which can be utilization for for further engineering and, and design or even architectural design you also got in the case of, of digital twins and that's using very smart components using sensors to basically create a virtual carbon copy of the physical asset this is the entire behavior in live fashion this is all cloud ba- a cloud-based approach using the internet of things in terms of the level of detail or LOD that can vary depends on the project's requirements and from a design perspective, uh, optioneering can be uh, performed to to optimize the design, and that could be in mechanical, could be structural engineering. Certainly for greenfield projects, it's no different. These 3D models, they are considered as the most comprehensible form for digital engineering. And once that's in, in the virtual environment, it can be manipulated, optimized, engineering perspective, and also architectural and mechanical perspective as well. This This in a nutshell is what digital engineering is and in what it can bring to the industry. So how and when did your interest in digital engineering come about? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, from a very small little boy, you know, I was always interested in technology. My passion was and still is computer programming. But uh, my birthplace is actually in South Africa. And way back then, uh, the the rate of technology and it was very small. And um, so instead of doing a computer science degree, I opted uh, to to study civil engineering. And naturally, I was always like to be innovative and efficient as possible in my approach to finding a solution. So these natural in- interests actually watched my career to focus on, on digital engineering. And uh, basically, 50% of my business is actually based on this. So working for 15 years plus in a 2D care environment, I followed predominantly traditional workflows. And it's not out of my, that is is because the way the, the industry worked and the companies worked way back in 2009, I was introduced to, to Revit and tried to implement it then back in South Africa at my employer at the time. And there was no line management support for it. So the entire adoption of it, all of these setbacks did not stop me from pursuing a digital engineering further. I would say the real growth occurred when I 
immigrated to, to Melbourne, Australia back in 2015 um, and I established Smartpool Engineering and I partnered with Sophistic in Germany and became auth for the ANZ region to, to sell the, the BIM and, and FEA products and I knew Sophistic uh, back then and, and admired the company really. But I never realized that one day my company would be a partner with them. So the reason for this is very simple actually and very strategic. Promote digital engineering specifically in computational design for buildings and infrastructure. That's our bubble of excellence is structural engineering and computational design. So they are one of the, the world leaders in this field with a wealth of experience and technical expertise over 30 years of it, actually. So we want to channel just to transform this industry of the projects that get delivered. So I just want to focus on the industry, but also the academia as well and students, you know, to actually show them where the gaps of the industry are so they can and actually to train generation of engineers and to introduce them to these uh, workflows uh, and to get them involved. So, yeah. Yes, that's awesome. So how the digital engineering will benefit to the industries? And there's many, many folds. So the, the first and foremost is you have a data-centric model. So you got one model that gets round trip between uh, the different um, stakeholders. So everything is centrally located in one BIM model. That BIM model is a fed and all stakeholders have access to it. So uh, all of the changes are seen by all of the stakeholders alike. Uh, so there's no gaps of information. Certainly the 3D, 3D models uh, assist in enhancing the analysis. Analysis, it could be for geotechnical engineering, it could be for structural, it could be for architectural, mechanical, and also for more so for contractors as well. You know, you have technologies such as AR and VR as well. They can assist in the construction planning and certainly for plastic and to plan the sequencing of construction even better. It certainly supports the creation of uh, the, the value chain that is connected. It's collaborative, it's efficient, uh, and this will certainly contribute to improvements in performance, you know, allowing for one source of truth in effect between all key players before, after, and during the asset creation process is very beneficial. Certainly the 3D and 4D or even 5D designs help in constructability reviews. We have improved visualization and for, for better stakeholder engagement. All clients are technical, technically inclined, so the visualization certainly helps with what the end product will look like. And also, perhaps even in, for the government side of things, to, to sell, it, uh, sell the concept to, to the public. And, uh, you know, uh, creating a foundation for, uh, you know, this is a dynamic digital representation of, uh, of a real asset or a system that you use to collect, use it to understand and predict and optimize performance as well. So how this can get used, number of ways can be used to optimize the design. It can be used to optimize design codes, better or further performance based parameters when it comes to buildings and infrastructure design. So the benefits of it is is manifold. Yeah, but it has to happen at a very high level uh, and it needs a lot of buy-in from, from the stakeholders. Yes. So what does it take to adopt this approach of digital engineering? It takes a couple of key things, actually. The first is change management. We are following very much a traditional approach in engineering. We have these, these software resources at our disposal. We are still very much following the drawing board days of, of engineering, and this needs to change. We don't have these requirements in policy where it mandates the requirements of these projects to be delivered in 
Governments have been looking at it for some time, but they're still very slow in terms of the take up and adoption of it. On a macro or a, or a very broad level, certainly a top down approach for most part that is required. So for a project, certainly the client, since they dictate how they procure the team to deliver the project and how the project needs to be delivered, it needs to start with them. This needs to be written into the tender documentation in terms of the tender requirements. And this needs to be for, for all building infrastructure projects. It could also be for asset uh, conditions assessments as well for for new projects but also for existing projects as well as how we digitally capture this you know we have codes such as the ISO 1960 1960 ISO 9196150 building information modeling so this uh, code exists is not really standardized into contracts it's it's there for reference i believe that this sort of codes of practice should be embedded within the project delivery and certainly standardized through through thin documentation need regulation through con- contract documentation to actually implement this uh, you have cases uh, such as you know the brisbane city council for example that man- mandated this to uh, for service providers to deliver a project in a certain manner in a digital form, looking at countries like Singapore, cities like London has mandated this. One of the pilot projects uh, that the uh, Victorian government did was the digital twin of the fisherman's bend. That's a case in point, you know, where this technology was adopted as a trial, but this needs to be more broad-based. They need to embrace these new and emerging emerging approaches and technologies by offering degrees as well, incorporating digital construction. Sunban University, for example, has done so. They have also have a 3D printing facility, which is was quite extraordinary. Become more mainstream. For it to be for the adoption and the take up to be of a of a bigger level, and certainly in the case of Sophistic, we support the you know the priming of uh, the next generation of engineers, and as such, we provide the full suite of our software for free for students. Actually, so we want we want the next generation of of engineers to start to to look into this emergency emerging technologies and start to to work with it and and condition the mind towards uh, working in this manner. So certainly, a reassessing of uh, technology and workflows it requires that at the management level as well in conjunction with the staff that's delivering it. So that's what I believe in a very broad term what the adoption of this approach requires. Yeah, that's awesome. So now we know like uh, what is digital engineering and what is its approach. Can you please tell us what is your personal contribution to advance this approach? Yeah, well, uh, personally, I Smartwell Engineering has partnered with Sophistic and they, as I said previously, they're German-based and we want to advance the state of digital engineering in computer design for buildings and infrastructure. That's really our, our bubble of, of excellence. Um, and, and that's the part that I want to play in, in promoting this in Australia and New Zealand region. And in general, we... You know, we want to offer an open BIM interface to allow the clients to work the way they wish. We don't believe in this black box approach of letting the software drive the end user. We like it to be the other way around. You know, we there's two parts to to what we do. The first in is in the FEA or the finite element analysis side of things where we have a programming interface, text-based editor, and we have the likes of, of MATLAB and Python programming that can be interfaced with, with Teddy as well to provide very high-end custom workflows. Uh, so when you talk about flexibility and uh, customization and optimization of design, uh, pre-processes that can be used, we, we offer a full parametric modeling with our rhinoceros grasshopper 
interface as well. And this is for, for buildings and bridges, uh, but, but basically any, any structure really because uh, Sophistic is a general FEA program. Inside of things, you know, we offer BIM maps for Revit. Revit by far worldwide is the number one uh, BIM authoring tool. We leverage on this for, for buildings and bridges to enhance the functionality of Revit. So we have Sophistic BIM maps running on top of Revit, Sophistic developer for, for Autodesk. So what that does is enables a seamless integration. So there's no transfer of information from, from one software to the, uh, to the other really is all integrated within the Revit platform. And this is for analysis of our buildings and bridges, a single source of, of truth. And also for either 3D automatic detailing uh, from calculation results. So if you manually detail the, the reinforcement in 3D, and this can of course be used for, for clash detection. So really the idea behind this is to digital engineering solution that is fit for purpose and not really you know just sell a piece of software. So this is how I believe we can I can contribute in conjunction with Sophistic to to really change the industry and how they deliver projects. So this is for for both building and infrastructure. Yeah, that's awesome. So where do you see this uh, trending towards? What will be the future of digital engineering? Mm, there's, there's quite a bit. It's, it's very broad. I mean, just talking to Autodesk uh, probably about a, a year and a half back, answer to this was cloud computing. I certainly agree with that. If you look at the, the technology and how it's trending, that's certainly the way to go. Certainly cloud computing in, in the AC industry, architecture, engineering, construction. AI is certainly coming to the, into the picture. Artificial, certainly uh, a blockchain for contractors when it comes to supply chain management. And that's a very, very powerful tool. So I would say the two main thing, three main things would be, you know, cloud computing, AI and AC and blockchain for supply management, digital twins. Uh, and this is basically um, tied with the Internet of Things, where we use smart sensors to actually uh, capture the, the real-time behavior of, of structures. This is certainly a very niche uh, sort of market, and it, but it is certainly important because it can assist engineers to better understand the behavior of structures. And we can actually use this, this feedback and this data to advance and, and improve our design codes as well. Generative design, which is very much borrowed from, from manufacturing basically optimization of, of structures based on, on uh, input of parameters. So this is very much be, uh, leaning towards a performance-based design. So we have, on a, on a lower scale, we have parametric modeling tools. You've got companies like McNeil Rhinoceros with the Grasshopper Dynamo, which is which is all open source. We have Sophistics uh, native programming, text-based uh, language, which is Teddy, which can be combined with Python programming, MATLAB, etc. So certainly the parametric modeling tools, then coming to paperless construction. I would say this is where the the contracting industry needs to head is towards paperless construction. In countries like Norway and Finland, they certainly already doing it. So it's not buying a sky thing. It's it's really being executed in countries like that. And so I think it'll be a matter of years where Australia will, will take that up as well. And I think we certainly got the technology to, to do that. 3D printing, uh, not only in concrete, but also in metal. That certainly will be a trend as well. So if you're looking at the other disruptors as well, IoT, as I mentioned, that's that can be grouped together with uh, digital twins and, and cloud computing. You certainly got the likes of augmented reality, virtual reality. You can see that with Facebook 
turning into Meta, which is a basically creating virtual environments that can certainly be brought into the space of AEC. Certainly GIS as well, which is the digital capture of geography or geodata, and that can be linked to, to digital twins. And what's coming very popular is using drones for, for surveying. So that drone surveys can actually be used to calculate uh, do versions of cutful and the like. So that's becoming very, very popular. Uh, and what makes it uh, very popular as well is drones can be used for for structures that is inaccessible or it will take especially structures at height, uh, tall buildings, stadiums and the like. So drones certainly play a part in uh, those sort of structures and those sort of situations. Yeah, that's really good. So what is your advice to students and young engineers on this digital engineering? Uh, look at this focus area and this area to to make a career of it. The demand I engage for my work that I do, I engage the industry a lot. I have a look at where the trends are and what the companies are really seeking. And the number one is uh, scripting, uh, you know, either in Python programming or uh, text-based scripting, be it C-sharp or C++ or VBA or whatever the case may be. And so companies are just looking for for engineers with the technical expertise in engineering, but also as well. Um, so I would say definitely lean towards and capitalize on these on these niche requirements that will actually, you know, uh, make you more more hireable by companies, I would say. Certainly for consultants, if you have if I have to categorize the requirements and give uh, undergraduate engineers and engineers advice based on sectors, like for example, for consultants, they you know focus on, on Python programming and parametric scripting using the Rhino Grasshopper, using Dynamo. Well, a combination of all of it, um, and this is for buildings and infrastructure. And in the case of contractors, you know, 4D and 5D modeling. 4D modeling is for construction sequencing. 5D is for your for the cost planning. So certainly the cloud-based solutions. Uh, you got companies like Oracle, Aconex when it comes to documentation management. You know, creation of federated boom models for clash detection and uh, construction sequencing when it comes to the the involvement of multidisciplinary consultants. And that's certainly a demand. It's quite a niche market actually when it comes to government. If you end up in government, certainly policy implementation, the drafting of guidelines. This could be for GIS, digital twins, uh, Internet of Things for real-time monitoring of structures, and certainly uh, AI for predictive maintenance. This is not, once again, a pie-in-the-sky thing. is being used by some municipalities as you speak. So I think uh, these are where the opportunity gaps are to, and you can very well create your own business out of it. So uh, we're talking about undergrad and graduate engineers. You can even look at these topics to take at a at a PhD level. You can be an isolated this into your into your PhD topic. So that's where I see digital engineering playing a part in how undergraduates and graduate engineers can shape their career paths. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode on digital engineering in buildings and infrastructure. See you in the next episode. Till then, stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave an awesome rating and review on iTunes.